You're listening to the Talk of Spirit Anime Cast. My name's Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! Today's episode is our part two of our spring 2018 anime season reviews. We're back on it. We had a little sidetrack with the preview. We're back on it, giving the rest of our impressions of the spring season. We'll have another part. We'll have a part three, and then we'll go into the new season. And that, Which, one, that one, I'm hopefully not going to be in shame in that entire episode, <laughs> right? What, the third one? The third one? I don't know. Did you, have you looked at the list yet? I mean, is there a lot of things that will? I, I know there's... Um, at least two of them off the top of my head that you have been a part of. Um, yeah, Chris is being... I don't think it's like a big deal. He thinks it's a big deal, but I, under, I I get where he's coming from, but it's not really a big deal if you can't do these reviews. I mean, they're not going anywhere. Uh, Sword Art, yeah. Darling the Franks. Uh, high School... D- yeah, you're going to have pretty much all these, except for Caligula, Doreku, unless you watch it. Uh, Ramanchu. Unless you get caught up on... Fist of the of the north of the blue sky. I'm sorry, you're going to be out and loop on that one. So maybe three that you'll be out of loop on, unless you decide to watch. Tiramisu, Tiramisu, the a show that I refuse to watch. Caligula. <laughs> yes, you're. I, it's going to be difficult for me to review that on my on my own, but apparently Chris <laughs> has not watched any of that with me. Um, you know, stray hairs and all. But no, this this episode. We're going to do uh, Tada Never Falls in Love, Devil's Line, Megalobox, Golden Kamui, uh, Last Period, Yatsuiru, Biori, uh, Watakoi, Love is Hard for Notaku, Crossing Time. I don't know why I'm tripping over these. These are English. <laughs> well, at least they're uh, You Don't Know, Gunma, and Love to Lie Angle. Did you at least watch Love to Lie Angle? I wish. It only took like five minutes. I know. I was putting that <laughs> off because I knew it was the short. It's like, it's just so easy. And then you never do watch it. <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's literally probably the least of my worries in this entire list. Um, not very good shorts this I time, did, except I for did. Crossing Time. Crossing Time was really great. Yeah. I did try to get caught up on last period. I did get try to get caught up on last period and Watakoi. And, Those and are the important both ones. Of the, both of them. I only got about halfway through both of them. So, yeah. It's fine. It's not going anywhere. You can still watch them. I d- I'm, I'm definitely and watching you're gonna get, you, you can get your <laughs> You can get your, your opinion in there. Uh, I miss Watakoi so bad. I, I can see That's, why. It was such an awesome when show. I watched talk that, about like, it when we get there. <laughs> finishing my point, though, is I, but when I watched that last episode, I'm like, this sucks. Like, this is literally one of those shows where I, I'm, I'm angry that it's over. This sucks. Anyways, uh, let's start things off with... Tata never falls in love, or Tadakun wa koi wo shinai. I still don't know what the point of the title is, but I'm sure somebody out there is going to correct me and go, it means this, that's why they titled it that. I didn't get it. Uh, it's an original series that was done by Dogo Kobo. The was streaming on High Dive, went for 13 episodes, and the genres are slice of life, comedy, and romance. Uh, this one takes place in Japan. It follows a guy named Tata uh, Mitsuyoshi, and at some point, he's out taking pictures because he's a part of this uh, photography club, and his dad was a big photographer, and 
at some point, he catches, he's going to take a picture, and this girl named Teresa Wagner decides to appear in front of his shot and photobomb him, not purposely. And uh, she's, and turns out to be lost. She's trying to find her friend, Alexandra. And by some turn of events, he actually reunites him, reunites her with her because, you know, he knows where to go and she's completely lost because she's actually a foreigner girl. Uh, so, yeah, it, it follows the adventures of uh, Tada Mitsuyoshi as he is basically spending time with uh, Theresa Wagner, her friend Alexandra, as they are visiting from overseas. They go to their same school, conveniently enough, as anime likes to do, and uh, thankfully joins the club that they're in, so they, they join the photography club. And they kind of meet the the other classmates and gets to know the quirks of each of these characters and what they're kind of going through, so... Uh, they're joined by Karu Iju In. I don't. I don't gonna say his last name. Karu. <laughs> Karu is like best bro ever. He's a friend of Tada's from his childhood. Uh, there's Hajime, who is the cl- uh, actual club uh, president, who is obsessed with this certain idol uh, girl. Uh, some girl that is the class rep. Reveal, who did they reveal? Did they reveal the the cosplay? The cosplay. His his idol. Yeah, they had like an entire episode where he and had to go they, shake they her hand it, and it was her. Oh, okay. But it's always been her. I mean, it was it was obvious. They had an entire episode devoted to it. But yeah, he's a devil. I mean, that's obvious. Come on. <laughs> uh, Yui, who is uh, Tada's, uh, well, is Mitsuyoshi's uh, sister, and uh, Kentaro, who is known as the Inu boy, who likes to show up whenever <laughs> Tada calls for him and. He acts like a dog. Or they see him as a dog, basically. Uh, but yeah, great little cast of friends kind of coming together, enjoying some times as these foreigners visit and you, spend some time You missed the most important character. Uh, Nankabigu? Is that his name? The Rainbow Samurai? Oh, uh, yeah, there's the Rainbow Sh- Shogun, too, yeah. Yeah, Rainbow Shogun. Um, He's the most important yeah, character. Um, so important that I've forgotten. I, I, always I make your heart the rainbow? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, the only reason I like the Rainbow Shogun, even though the fact that it's funny because they, they basically in this this setting they have this Rainbow Shogun who is this, I guess old school samurai guy that Teresa Wagner believes is basically the pinnacle of Japan, and so when she shows up, she just wants to see this Rainbow Shogun, and he's just kind of a a random um, star of this show, and it's so hilarious because they show these little clips of it, and every time they show a clip. There's always some bad guy that the Rainbow Shogun is taking down, and he always asks them, name one color of the rainbow. And they'll name one, and then he'll go, no, because the rainbow, or the color of rainbow is rainbow, and he'll slice them. It's like, dude, this guy's brutal. <laughs> Why is she watching this and thinking it's so fun and great? And then at the end, he's always like, always make your heart rainbow, and he waves his little fan, and the rainbow appears. It's like, but what, the reason, besides the fact that that's so brutal, but yet funny, I love the Rainbow Shogun because... Teresa Wagner is cute when she imitates him because <laughs> she always does it. He's Johnny or whatever it's called. Uh, I I had it in my head before and I completely forgot the the, the word for rainbow, whatever. Anyways, she's adorable. So, uh, which I guess gets to the point of why I like this show. I, I think the drama is definitely on coup for the show. I usually don't prefer dramas because they, they usually kind of get into the melodrama area where it's just a little bit over the top. Everybody's way too serious. I think the show handles drama really well. It gets into Tata and his his parents, his kind of hang-ups that's caused by what happened with his parents. Uh, it gets into his friend and the things that his friend does for him. By the way, 
if you don't watch this show for anything, just it's like episode four or something like that is the episode of uh, Karu, who is his friend. Dude is way awesome. That episode just grabbed me like by the heart and just kind of just squeezed it. And I was like, oh, this hurts. Best bro ever. It was it was a fantastic episode. Uh, it's just a great cast of characters because you have him. You have um, I really liked Hajime and Hinako, which is the class rep and the or the president and the uh, and the the club president. They're just a really fun little kind of chemistry they have going between them two. Uh, great characters. Uh, the sister was even cool. I like their their kind of unrequited love that they have with her. So it's just it does kind of a, a, a little bit of romance more. Not really romance in a sense of like, you know, lovey-dovey, kissy-kissy. It's a lot of unrequited love kind of thing. So don't expect, you know, uh, you know, my my love story, something like that, where it's like, oh, hey, they're good, they're in love when they're, you know, in re- enjoying a relationship. That was the relationship. exception. <laughs> that was the exception, not the norm, Andy. Well, it, it seems like there's more than usual, <laughs> at least in the last few years, sprinkled maybe once a year. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's just a... I don't want people to take it as it's a romance in the sense that it's relationships. It's a romance in the idea that it is, you know, people that are in love, but they don't have that love always kind of fulfilled. Uh, and like I said, it does it really well. The drama is never over the top. It's never melodramatic. Uh, the overall plot line, I don't think was really all that strong. It did have a great beginning, middle, end to the story. It's an original, so you don't have to worry about, you know unfinished stuff it actually finishes the story which is great uh but it 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 was never kind of like the focus of it It, the focus was really this these characters and their relationship with each other just enjoying time uh trying to find yanko big uh figuring out if there's actually these things called kappas or not stuff like that goofy silly little antics they're doing uh and sprinkle in there this just kind of the the issues with each of these characters that they're kind of dealing with but the the uh the overall story was pretty obvious from the very beginning, <laughs> where I was going to go with it. Uh, having this girl suddenly randomly show up out of nowhere, and she has a chaperone with her at all times. Uh, she's blonde hair. She's very pretty. It's kind of obvious where they're kind of going with it. I was happy that it didn't end the way that I... Because it got to, like, episode 10. I was like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that thing. And they didn't really do that thing, so I was happy about that. <laughs> I know that's completely vague, but I, those that watch it know what I'm talking about. Uh, but it, at the same time... While it didn't do what I thought it was going to do, it also didn't really have a really fantastic ending. It was kind of like, and so blah. And you're like, okay, I'm fine with that. But that wasn't really, that was kind of anticlimactic, I guess is the way to put it. Uh, But like I said, still end up having some really fantastic characters and even a really cool, fantastic character moment with one of the characters that was kind of a side character at the very end that went, oh, hey, there's two really awesome bros in this show. So... Uh yeah, awesome male characters in the show, and that's that's kind of a rarity, I guess is is the conclusion that you can go with. <laughs> Good and Rainbow Shogun, and Rainbow and Shogun. really cute Teresa Wagner doing her and greatly animated too. I, I like the animation. The character designs were fantastic. Like I said, uh, I thought I would you know fall in love with like uh, Alexandra, um, just because of her attitude, which I still like her because she's very very spunky. And her chemistry with Karu is fantastic. I thought, but I thought uh, that that's one thing that definitely shined in the first couple of episodes. Yeah, but uh, in the end, Teresa was just way too cute to ignore <laughs> because, you know, always make your heart rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like I said, I I 
I don't know. I'm I'm mixed because I think Kanako is adorable too. Um, but I guess it's just not there. It wasn't enough of her, so that kind of hurts her a little bit. So really cool little uh, romantic story. Not not really heavy on the romance, but just kind of uh, their their dealings with trying to find love and whatnot. So uh, really really enjoyed it. Really really good. They'll find. It's nice having little originals that kind of step out from the crowd that you never seen coming. You don't have any sourced to go by and you don't have expectations you just it surprises you in the end so yeah that's uh that's uh tada never falls in love or tada-kun wa koi wo shinai again i don't know what this the title has anything to do with anything i mean it's not like tada was like i don't want to fall in love i thought that was going to happen stoic wasn't he well i you do have the element of what happened with his parents you kind of assume that maybe that's what they're going with like he's just kind of He's hurt, and so he never thinks of love anymore. But it, it didn't. It never felt like that was a thing. They were trying to make a thing, right? I guess is the point. So you can assume that, though. Well, if everybody else is falling in love around him, and he's just constantly always being stoic, then yeah, it kind of makes sense to me. But that's me. That's true. That's true. I uh, can't fall in love with the person that doesn't want to do anything but take pictures. Uh, Devil's Line is the next one we have. This one is streaming on High Dive. Ran for 12 episodes, uh, done by Studio Platinum Vision. The source is a manga. The genres are action, supernatural, drama, romance, vampire, and seinen. I don't know why Demon's not in there. And the, uh, yeah, this one basically follows, I guess, the, the set things up. It's in modern time, uh, Japan. And there are humans, of course, but there's also these things that are called demons. And these demons are you. You kind of would classify them as vampires, but they're technically not vampires. They're they're quote unquote demons. And these demons are not known to be existing by even the government or the people. There are organizations that specifically are built around the idea of stopping demons before they do too much harm. If because basically what it is is they're undistinguishable from of, uh, amongst humans. They look just like humans. The only thing that sets them apart from humans is that if they see blood or if they are, you know, extremely angered or put through extreme stress, they can awaken. And when they awaken, their eyes turn red and they will lose control of themselves. Uh, the thing they kind of point out was like uh, there's one episode where this this couple were together and the wife was a demon. And at some point, the husband accidentally cut his hand while they, were, while they were cooking dinner, and she lost control, killed him, and fleed the scene. It's it's literally have no control over themselves whatsoever. They look like they're kind of struggling with themselves. Like in that case, the, the lady's like, this this really sucks. I, I didn't want to kill him. I loved him. And she couldn't control herself. Anyways, this organization will uh, basically keep track of demons, and at some point, if they see one lose control, they will tranquilize them and relocate them. And they try to keep them from killing people uh, and keep them hidden from society and, and the government. Uh, we follow uh, Sukasa. Uh, I, I, I just want to point this out. The synopsis says that she's a normal schoolgirl. And I contend she is not normal in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> they're never normal. <laughs> that's just how, well, for some reason, that's what they put in every synopsis that they're normal okay. people. Right. Never normal. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, she's a brick. She's a high, she's a normal high school brick. Uh, no, anyways, it, it follows uh, Sukasa, and she is this girl who is a normal high, a normal college student. I think she was actually. Um, she was going to a university in some sort. Uh, at some point, she's you know hanging out with this boy that's from her uh, school, 
And this guy, Anzai, shows up. And Anzai basically is one of these undercover agents who stops these demons. Turns out the boy that is with uh, 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 Sukasa is actually one of these demons. And he has hurt somebody before. And they are stopping him now before he can possibly target her. But she's like, well, they're technically in love. And so for a brief moment there, after they kind of relocate this guy... She kind of wants to know what's happening with this guy, but in actuality, it kind of turns to more of her relationship with Anzai as he escorts her back home. She uh, cut herself, he freaks out, nearly attacks her, and then becomes obsessed with her. So it turns to this whole thing where Tsukasa at first was wanting to know where this guy was, but immediately she falls obsessed with Anzai, this this demon guy that, was, that saved her, quote-unquote, and Anzai becoming obsessed with her, claiming that he's just, you know, keeping an eye on her. Um, but actually is obsessed with her as well. So it kind of has that kind of sense of a vampire where they have that desire for the blood and they get obsessed with that one target, but he doesn't want to actually harm her because he doesn't want to become a demon. And at the same time, she suddenly becomes obsessed with him maybe because of those elements. I don't. They never really said that she became entranced by him. She just became obsessed with him because Brick's character. <laughs> um, anyways, so it basically follows him. On the side, you have this whole plot line where there is a group of people that are trying to cause the 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 knowledge of demons to become mainstream and get all demons killed. Then there's the groups that's trying to keep them under wraps. Then there's people that are trying to help equality between them as the population slowly starts to realize that these things are a thing, that there is actually demons amongst people uh, and witch hunts and stuff like that start happening. Uh, I want to say... I was very put off by the show at the very beginning because, again, the the bricks joke. She is very Sukasa is very kind of uh, obsessed with Anzai to a, an extent that is kind of off putting. But uh, there is there was a sexual tension that kind of creates early on with their their relationship, and she becomes completely obsessed with him. And I guess that could be a thing. Maybe some kind of through trauma she becomes comes attached to him. Uh, so I put that kind of aside. Uh, the the thing that I kind of appreciate about this series was more in the idea, and this is the thing that kind of drove me to watch it all the way to the completion, is because they always had this element of that that fine line between human and, and beast. It wasn't a thing of like, well, I can just make my teeth appear and I suck blood and then everybody's hunky-dory. No, it's literally a thing of like, if they see blood or if they consume blood, they cannot turn back. They are lost. They are They become this demon that... You ha- they have to kill them because they've 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 now have taste blood and it's all over from there. It's like when a dog becomes feral and they just can never turn back. Uh, that's that kind of thing that was dra- I was drawn to is that this this Anzai guy was constantly fighting with himself like if I go this far I won't be able to stop and I'll kill her. And that was the thing that kind of drew me to it, it was like this it was almost a very abusive kind of thing that we had going on with them because uh, this was a a very dangerous person that's with this girl and she's obsessed with him and it's like girl this is this is not a a safe person to be around uh, and that was like that was a kind of a thing they played throughout the entire thing at some point they meet this guy named johannes and johannes is a uh he's i think they kind of mentioned that he's, he's half demon sort of like anzai uh but they they play off the fact that he is able to control himself he's actually he's actually chucking down blood constantly and not changing because he's learned to resist the demon side of him and so they kind of start going into, well, Anzai can do this as well. And then the element of uh, 
reproducing and having sex and stuff like that start coming up because obviously Sukasa loves Anzai and Anzai loves Sukasa, and they bring up the idea that demons and and humans can't actually make love because the demon will kill the human every time. There's no there's no escaping it. The the demon will always kill the human. And so they're kind of going through this whole thing. Well, well, if we can control it, then you can have those. You can have relationships like that. So those were kind of elements that I was into. I was into the world. I was into this this society of trying to keep demons from being known by man. The witch hunts. The all this kind of stuff that was surrounding it. Not so much the characters themselves. Just really the struggle of the demons and the the society they're kind of in. Um, in the end, do I think it was worth it? Mm, it didn't really close many doors. Uh, it just kind of set up everything. Things were kind of getting worse, and then it kind of ended. What, I guess it can definitely stand to have another season. I would It might help it. the story kind of progress to a point that comes to some kind of conclusion. But as it stands now, it's not really a finished story. Uh, it just kind of opens up a lot of doors. It sets up a really interesting world uh, with... Not very interesting characters, and that's I guess that's the struggle in the end is really cool world, cool mechanics. I like the demon and the the the, the struggle of keeping your uh, keeping from becoming a full on demon. Uh, these people that literally hate the idea of becoming a demon because then they might kill their friends without their own control. These demons often will be shedding tears when they're out of their control because they can't stop themselves. Those things are really really interesting. It's just you didn't really have the characters to support it and you didn't really have a conclusion to the story. So it kind of falls flat in the end. So kind of like Servant, but, and I kind of had that feeling when it first started, it has definitely a feel of Servant where it's kind of dark, but it still has that kind of goofy shoujo ish into it <laughs> mixture in there. Like the, the really uh, abusive female fantasy kind of thing. I, I don't know if Servant, is that what it is? Servant, uh, grabbed me a lot quicker than this one did it didn't this it had one, character yeah the characters were a lot more fun exactly this one this one i i i guess my main problem with it and 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 take this for what it is because i only got what three episodes in yeah um i only i i wasn't that i didn't much care for onzai as a protagonist per se i, I know that sukasa he was probably one of the, that's what's funny is in the end he was probably the only 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 interesting character in the entire story right but he just did not come off as he i'm sorry i hate to say he, had to he came off as edward and i don't care for that <laughs> You know that they had some kind of Twilight. I know. In here. I, 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 and, Short and of I, having I, a werewolf show up out of nowhere, I, I didn't want to bring up Twilight, but it, I mean, I'm sorry. It, they he didn't came sparkle. Off as Edward, and and yeah, and since he didn't sparkle, I was very turned off from the beginning. Um, I, 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 and Homegirl just didn't bring it. I, all she did was just get herself into bad situations. She was cute over, at times, though. Again. I will admit, she is very. She does have the element of being supportive, but. And I guess after a while of the very early parts where you're like, she's complete bricks, at some point, like halfway through it, you're like, if I kind of forget that that was a thing, she's kind of very supportive, and I kind of like that about her, but you kind of have to forget the fact that how they met and how abusive the relationship. I, I guess to... But the, she the, keeps going into places where she should yeah, not yes. be, okay? <laughs> From beginning to end, it never stops. Literally, okay, we're going to here. It's going to be very dangerous. Stay here. All right, we'll watch them. Okay, I'm going to go too. Take me with you. It's like, stop her. So stop her. Uh, one thing I kind of didn't mention is it. there is another element to the demons, and it's the fact that when they see blood or they get enraged and they lose themselves, 
they're not they don't they don't only desire blood they also uh become extremely aroused and so often with these cases of these demons becoming awakened they often lead to rape as well um and that's that i guess is the thing that caused that again that kind of uncomfortableness that i have with their relationship is the idea that they kind of hint at the idea that when they first met and that first moment they had together was sexual in a way and it was like and if you think of that being their first meeting and it might being very forced, she <laughs> that's where the that's where the, I have to forget that ver- first part of it because I don't know they never really say specifically what all happened that first night. And it could be a very dark beginning to their relationship. So you have to kind of forget that in order to kind of see that there's some cool relationship between these two. Um It's a very dark show. It it's 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 got like a very emo dark feel of the character designs all the all the uh demons themselves are all very dark eyed because they need blood and they never drink it they don't desire blood it's just when they see it they will desire it um so it's very it's a very interesting layout so just just know there's a lot of uh they never really show rape they did have a scene of near rape for the main character in like the second episode uh, it's very violent. It, I mean, the first scene of the first episode is just flat-out gore. There's a guy just ripping guys to sh- uh, shreds. Um, so keep that in mind. It's very violent, very sexual, very abusive, that kind of stuff all throughout it. Um, like I said, I wanted... that It has some things in there, the world and everything, that I thought was really cool, and I kind of wish they had better characters to support that, I guess, is, is, the, is the deal in the end. Um, there was some really cool stories that were kind of sprinkled out there too. Uh, Nanko zero seven, her kind of story was was pretty cool. She she desired to kill all demons because she believed them not to be human in any way, shape, or form. She thought they were animals, and uh, her backstory was pretty brutal as well. So I can't give you anything that's happy. <laughs> it's just hey, this story was cool and brutal, and this story was pretty cool, but also kind of rapey. I mean, I have no, I have no happy story for this uh i will say that uh ishimaru was really cool because he was voiced by um what was it, kiku did i say kiku or was that the was that the what was the old man from shogun roku was it kiku? kiku yeah you said kiku i was thinking it might have been the other guy but anyways uh yeah his voice i was like holy crap it's him i i don't i don't hear him often so whatever i do hear him he's just a very unique cool voice so um, he kind of broke the story though because he showed up with really dark eyes and you're like, well, he's obviously a demon. And he's like, well, I'm not really a demon because I just I just watch light novels and, and anime all night. <laughs> it's like, well, then you're breaking the whole aesthetic of the dark eyes equals vampire or <laughs> demon thing. So yeah, that's uh, that's Devil Line. If I mean, if it's still if that anything in there sounds interesting, if you're okay with the content that's in it, you're looking for something that's dark and gory, and you don't you're okay with Brick's characters, uh, it's it's worth a watch just because I like I like the world. And I, I guess that's where I fall in with a lot of these stories, where it just kind of is a letdown, is I always kind of go, this is a cool aspect in there. I wish that they did more with it. In the end, it's a failure, but it was cool while it lasted, I guess. I don't know. And it has a pretty cool intro and outro. Outro more so. Uh, speaking of cool intros and outros, we have Megalobox is the next one. This one is was streaming on Crunchyroll, run for 13 episodes, dubbed by Studio TMS Entertainment, Source is original, uh, done by the team that brought us uh, Asno Joe. It was an anniversary kind of thing they were doing. 
And uh, yeah, this one's action, drama, sci-fi, shonen, science. I, I almost I stumbled over sci-fi and I'm like, oh, that's right. This technically was like robot stuff like that. Anyways, uh, shonen, slice of life, and sports. Uh, this one follows Joe, or actually, very beginning, he's known as Junk Dog or JD. And uh, JD is this boxer that boxes in the undergrounds where, you know, there's no holes bar. Everybody's kind of boxes away and there's a lot of betting on it and everything like that. And you come to find out really quickly that he is being led by his coach who often has him throw fights, even though he really doesn't want to throw fights uh, because this coach owes a lot of money to a, a bad, mad, bad, bad man that likes to cook people, apparently. Yes. In any way that he likes to cook people. <laughs> as punishment for them not doing what he wants them to do uh you kind of get an idea there's kind of a hierarchy to this world there's kind of the the area that quote-unquote has quote-unquote citizens and the people that are in the kind of the underbelly of the world who don't have quote-unquote citizenship uh citizenship cards and whatnot that give them significance to the world in some way uh because joe or jd really wants to go box at the megalobox tournament that is you know known as having the biggest fighters ever but he can't fight in that because he doesn't have citizenship and he's kind of a nobody in this underbelly uh so he continues to box in this realm at some point he has a run-in with this guy named yuri and yukiko and yuri is the kind of uh the person who is showing off the equipment that is built by yukiko's company and they kind of have this little uh spit between jd and yuri and this leads them to actually having a fight in the underbelly together, even though Yuri is a part of the Megalobox fighting and is actually, you know, a citizen and whatnot. And JD is just this random guy that throws fights in this underbelly boxing ring. This all kind of leads to this element of Joe trying to fight his way up into the actual Megalobox fighting tournament and to fight Yuri once again in the end. So, yeah. I guess the whole stick with this whole thing is that they actually fight with kind of robotic arms these kind of uh, exoskeletons that these people put on their arms so they can punch harder and faster or more strategic using computers and technology whereas uh joe's whole thing when he first kind of enters the the big rings is that he is known as gearless joe because he doesn't wear any of these mechanical arms and whatnot so it's kind of his thing i guess um, yeah, it was yeah. a it, he 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 did fight with with the gear yeah, the at, at first, and then when he got into the actual thing, he g- got rid of it as his gimmick to make to get more eyes on him as yeah. a as a to bring his popularity up faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, what what did you think of uh, Megalobox? <laughs> I actually really really surprisingly loved this show. Um, I it from the the way it looks to um the the way that it 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 feels when they're the 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 fights are really gritty the and and they get down and dirty in a lot of these situations um the the coach's backstory and how he handles uh getting uh Joe into the into the uh main arena was was really really cool little story um back uh, down to Sachio and just 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 a great cast all around. Um, a lot of really fun matches. Um, yeah, I just I really enjoyed myself watching this. I think the the thing that really spoke early on was that the aesthetic of the show was really really awesome. It, it kind of there was I've heard comments about the fact they kind of this whole thing where they took 
the visuals and and down resolutioned it and re-upload resolutioned it to, or to capture kind of a, a digi paint look to it. I knowing that I'm kind of like that kind of sucks. I would rather have like the, the what was originally drawn and what it, the high definition that it may have originally had uh, because it, did, it does kind of have like a, a weird blurred look to it. It definitely looks like something back from the 90s brought back into current times, um, which I guess it really isn't a good example because back in the 90s they were still doing non digi paint. Uh, but it has a kind of blurred, uh, kind of almost smeary look to it, which was really, really cool. It's 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 a very um, nostalgic feel to it. And that kind of is added to it with the fact that TMS Entertainment did a fantastic job animating it. Had a lot of really fantastic fight scenes, choreograph, the boxing, everything felt really impactful and just energetic. Uh, added to that, great music, soundtrack was on point, always hitting the marks whenever the 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 mood need to kind of build up uh, all kind of adds to a really fantastic uh, sport uh, to watch. I'm not always big on sports, especially boxing is not really a huge thing for me, but uh, just by the aesthetic of it jumping into, it, I'm like, okay, let's try this out. And I think it was the moment that they had literally in the first episode, they built up to this first fight between uh, Joe and, and Yuri and it was this kind of thing of like they have this little spout outside of the ring and then Joe goes to fight and then here comes in Yuri and it's like, okay, they're literally going to fight here. And it felt like the music's ramping up and I'm going, holy crap, I want to see this fight. I really want to see who's going to fight or who's going to win between these two because I I watched them, you know, butt heads over here and now they're, they're going to put their fists where their mouth was over here. And I'm totally jazzed to see what's going to happen with this. And that kind of continued a lot of the fights had that kind of same formula to them it's something would happen outside the ring i would be pumped up to see who's going to come out in the end and it gets to the fight and i'm just i'm loving watching the fight happen just because the music's kicking in and the the action's just on point i think the only thing that kind of drew me back a little bit every now and then was the fact that it does play a lot on certain tropes like it does the whole stopping the, the punch thing at the horn over and over again every fight has that thing happen and sometimes several times uh, I had this thought at some point that the gear itself was built to stop when they hears the horn, uh, but they kind of still do it even when when that's not present. So I don't know. It, that that's one of those things that struggle with. There's also this way too much use of Joe getting beat down to the ground, going to the nine points, getting back up, getting beat down, and then eventually at the very end, it. Which I I don't I don't that point I don't hold too much against it just because. It is Joe's character. He is from the underbelly. He is used to being beat around a lot. His, his, I guess his uh, unique aspect is the fact that he is tough. He is very, very stubborn. And he's very tough. He is a junk dog. I mean, he's 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 used to being beat around and still living. And that's kind of his fights. He has to throw fights. Yeah, he gets beat <laughs> he's down used to being beat down a lot. Uh, and he has to make it look real, so he gets beat down literally. Um, so it it literally does play into his character is that he he's used to this and so he is a lot more tougher than a lot of these competitors and maybe that is what they're definitely going for in his character when he fights these fights but it does get repetitive in the idea that he's constantly getting beat down he gets back up they put the ice packs on his face he gets back in the ring he gets beat down he gets back up over and over again um, it doesn't take from the fights though I still enjoy them every time I I had a lot of fun I I got caught up in a lot of these fights. Um, the overall story was, I guess, more than I would have expected. I, w- I literally wasn't expecting anything from the overall story. I don't really see 
there being anything in an overall story, especially with 13 episodes. Something like Hajime no Joe or uh, uh, Hasano Joe or um, Hajime no Ippo. Hajime no Ippo. I just totally combined the both of them. <laughs> um, I expect those to have, you know, their life, their like entire careers because they're long series. But Mega the Box, 13 episodes, I didn't really expect anything really huge. But it still surprised me in the end. It still had a decent story in there. I think the only thing I was really disappointed in was probably the conclusion of uh, Gonsaku's story and the coach's story. I thought it was a little bit... Um, they didn't execute in all the build-up they did. I, it, and that was really disappointing. Just to throw I it. know that there's symbolism there, but it's still... Literally, you guys play this guy out to be way more evil than he was kind of thing. <laughs> the, the, my, my, my take on the story... Because the story would probably be about the only thing that I would ding this show on. And that is mostly on the aspect of as as the show goes through its first, I want to say, nine or so episodes up until we get to the last couple of battles, uh, last couple of fights that Joe does. Um, you're 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 building up on on uh, Shirato, the the uh, Yukiko's uh, company, and you're building up some of the other things involving just different different branches of this main story, which is it's an impressive story it just it it almost feels like like they wanted to go almost 16 episodes or or maybe the story was starting to to patch in but it doesn't feel like it anything was cut it just feels like it was shortened and it doesn't quite have its last few um legs to get to that that final uh out of the park moment does that make sense I guess. I don't know. Uh, I don't really feel that it, it, it... I didn't feel like anything was cut. It just felt like there was a decision a character makes and it kind of turns the tables on how everything's going. And that's that's fine in my opinion because it literally was the point of it. This character decided to pull the plug on something and it was a huge decision by him. And it, it was one of the things that I was kind of impressed by. I was like, well, I'm, I'm kind of impressed by his character. I was... I was I was really wasn't not really expecting much out of this character, this particular character that makes this huge decision at the very end. It was just kind of one of those things of like... Okay, that makes sense to the entire kind of premise of everything. It kind of makes sense to the first meeting these characters had. It all kind of comes to this one thing, and it was it was kind of a let's put these aside and let's go one on one kind of thing. And that was I was like, wow, that, that's kind of cool. I like that kind of element. Um, it was probably one of the few things I was kind of impressed by. It was just kind of the Yukiko and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like, yeah, I get it. It was kind of a, a, an interesting kind of thing to put along with these characters that come to a head at the very end. But at the end, it's like. I really don't care about this character. I, I have no care for Yukiko. I don't have any care for uh, some of these other characters surrounding her. So, well, and that, I was that, more that, interested in Junk and 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 Yuri and and all this kind of stuff. So. And, that, and that, that's what I mean is is Yuri and, and Joe. I think their their story storyline was phenomenal. Uh, I think that where a lot of a lot of things got lost in the wayside was Yukiko and and uh, Gensaku. Yeah, and, the and, and mob boss guy. Exactly. And, yeah. I, a lot of those extra stories. I mean, even Sachi Sakio for to a to a little degree, uh, he got uh, lost in the storyline as well. So it was, it was more of a thing that like Gensaku and and Fujimaki and the mob boss guy and Yukiko. They were they just they put too much emphasis on them, and I didn't really get much payoff on them. I exactly. guess the the thing That's that kind of point. disappoints me. But I got a payoff from Yuri and, and JD. Exactly, and all that kind of stuff. So 
I'm I'm willing to forgive it just because I love the music, I love the the action, I love their two stories. So it's like the rest of it I can give I can forgive. So that 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 that's what I was trying to say is it, yeah. is is it, the 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 show the only thing that I had a ding on was these kind of side stories side characters yeah. side characters are weak. That's I guess the, that's the main point. Uh, yeah, that's uh Megalobox. Anything else? Great music again. Yep, <laughs> opening endings cool. I'll probably have one of them on this this particular podcast episode, probably in AD because I like that one a lot. Uh, next one we have is Golden Kamu or Kamui or Kamu. <laughs> it's Kamu, I believe. It's just for some reason at the end of one of the episodes, the guy was like Kamui or something like that, and I was like, it, it's thrown me off ever since then. So again, I thought don't get upset. it was Kamui. Oh no, it's Kamui. That was what he said. That's All what right. threw me off. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Golden Thing, <laughs> Golden Cams. <laughs> Inku Zed uh, Zeds Golden Zeds uh, This one is streaming on Crunchyroll For thir- or 12 episodes It does already have a second season Confirmed for fall of 2018 Done by Studio Geno Studio Source is a manga And the genres are action Adventure Historical And seinen uh, This one follows A guy named uh, Sachi Sugimoto Who is also known as The uh, Sagamoto The Immortal Or something like that uh, he's a surviving man of the uh, Russo-Japanese War in the Meiji period, or Meiji era. And at some point, they, after that, he made some kind of promise during that fight in the gutters of the, the battles that were going on there, the um, trenches. And he makes this promise to one of his comrades there, uh, who says that his wife is has like a something going on with her, and he needs somebody to take care of her if something happens to him. Uh, he decides after this whole war that he's going to actually keep to that promise. He's going to he's going to take care of this guy's wife, and he's going to need a lot of money to do that. Uh, at some point, he runs into this random guy who he finds out is a soldier, who knows about this seek this kind of he's drunk and he tells him this secret about this um, this map to this money that these Ainu people had kind of um, collected, and uh, the maps are kind of all tattooed on the back of different prisoners by this one man in a prison and all these prisoners have escaped. So, uh, he doesn't think it's true, but at some point when the guy sobers up, he tries to kill uh, Sugimoto because he, in a drunkard, told him about this secret. So now he knows, hey, this actually might be a true story. Uh, kind of find out these, again, these these are all tattooed on the back of all these people, so there's kind of this, this, this adventure of going out, finding these prisoners... Uh, either stripping the skin off their backs so they have these maps. Uh, literally, it's like their entire skin, so it like wraps around their back to their chest. The seam of the sides of the map pieces are on their chest line. Uh, so they literally have to strip their entire skin of their upper body. Uh, or they just draw it, I guess, is the other thing they could do. But anyways, at some point, he is quickly met by this girl named uh, Aserpa. And Aserpa is this short Ainu girl, um, and... And I knew are basically these, uh, these tribesmen, Japanese tribesmen that are up in the northern uh, edge of Japan. Uh, and he kind of joins up with a Serpa in order to track down these people and get this money. Uh, they're met by other people that want this stuff. There is a, a kind of uh, this group of military men that is led by this psychopath uh, who is trying to find all these pieces in order to buy weapons to create his own nation basically uh there's a lot of different people that are kind of in play everybody wants these maps everybody wants the treasure and sugimoto is trying to do this while not being killed by these other people so yeah so this begins the adventures of finding the money 
This, this one I'm assuming you didn't finish. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess to get this out of the way, I, I'm uh, I'm upset. I I really do want to support Geno Studio. It is a new studio. Uh, they are doing things that are completely out of the norm. They did Kokoku um, previously. They're doing stories that are just not your typical stories. Very out of the norm kind of stories. And Golden Kamu is a story that is I've heard a lot of great things about from the manga. But they still, uh, equally with this one, like they did with Kokoku, just cannot seem to keep their quality, uh, not so much keep the quality up, because it's 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 a moving show, it does well in that regard, it's just, the consistency of the character proportions and whatnot are always off, and it's kind of off-putting when you're watching the show, and, and their CGI sucks, their bears suck, <laughs> even the wolves are okay, but uh, the CG bears, I, I, I'm assuming everybody's probably heard the jokes on those ones, so I won't beat that to death. But in putting that aside, it, it's not a very good-looking show. I, I'm assuming it's based off the manga in art style, but a lot of the character designs are kind of weird. A lot of the less important soldiers all have these kind of cat dead eyes to them. It's kind of weird in that regard. Uh, but yeah, putting that aside, I am very mixed on the show as a story and character-wise. I, there's a lot of it that I love about it. It's very unique. I kind of like this whole adventure of... Sugimoto and Aserpa. Um, the problem, I guess, that the show has and what kind of pulls me away from it is that it spends too much time with all these other characters that I really don't care about. It's it's not just... I was coming into expecting it to be a story about Sugimoto the Immortal and Aserpa the Ainu and uh, the kind of techniques and knowledges that, that Aserpa has from this Ainu tribe, and it does do that a lot. It's A lot of it's like Ainu 101. Here's this thing that Ainu do, and here's what their tribe does, and here's what they do with bears, and here's this thing they cook, and it's a lot of it is, it's almost like somebody spent a lot of time researching Ainu and wanted to tell about what Ainu are. Uh, so a lot of the story kind of centers around that. But I was enjoying that aspect of Sugimoto. He's very brutal. He's a lot of the time he gets put in a really screwed up situation. And he's like, whatever, I'm immortal. And he jumps into a bear, uh, bear cave or something like that. He's that kind of tough guy. Uh, and I like his kind of chemistry with Aserpa. But then it's like, okay, then we go to this other guy. And now we're following this psychopath guy. And now we're getting into Tatsuma, who's this guy, a really huge guy with this thing in his forehead. And... There's just there's so many characters that it focuses on that I, I don't care about them. There's so many I guess it's it's following all these factions that want to go after this money and it's like I don't really care about these people. Get back to Sugimoto and, and Arsipa. So I guess that's where I struggle with it a lot, is just I don't care a lot about these side characters. I did like uh Ginjiro. Ginjiro was a fantastic character. He was probably my favorite part of the show outside of Sugimoto and Arsipa. Uh he's kind of one of these other soldiers in a, a bad platoon. And they do a really awesome 180 with him, and I, I liked his episode. It was really one of the, one of the few episodes that I, I was just kind of sucked into for the entire episode. Um, they totally killed the wolf, didn't they? I'm not gonna say anything there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Oh, by the way, thank you, Crunchyroll, for spoiling that episode. Um, they have a thumbnail for that episode where it kind of comes to the point where this guy's hunting down the wolf, and the thumbnail literally kind of tells you what was going to end up happening, which is kind of really stupid um, because they, they were playing off the aspect of this wolf. I guess that would be spoiling. I'm, I'm not going to say anymore. Be careful with those thumbnails. Um, but yeah, it's, 
I'm very mixed on it. I, I, I like a lot of the, the, the offerings it has. It's very unique. I just, I don't like a lot about it. The, a lot of the humor falls flat for me. A lot of the faces fall flat for me. A lot of the character designs fall flat for me. The inconsistency in the art style, uh, the characters I don't care about, the, the literally jumping of the shark, if you want to call it an orca shark. Uh, what? <laughs> I was telling Chris, at some point, there's like this whole, this guy that gets off on... Uh, strong people or something like that, and that's a little weird. But then at some point, an orca literally jumps onto the 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 beachside, grabs this guy, and then somehow jumps back into the water, and they're chasing him down. And I'm like, what is happening on my screen right now? I literally, I, I guess it's the mangaka's humor or something like that. I just don't follow. But um, to have a very gritty and kind of realistic story, often it's kind of just jumping the shark left and right. It's really weird. I will watch the second core. I I want to see where they go with this or if it's even going to get to it. I don't feel like there's a conclusion anywhere nearby um, just because of how it's played out. It feels like it's just going to keep going on and on. Um, but I, I do I do see potential in there and there's some characters I do enjoy. It's just a lot of it I wasn't really caring much for, unfortunately. But uh, it's definitely unique. Very, very more mature type show, which is kind of special in its own right too so there you go check that out if you will that is Golden Kamiu uh, Last Period is the next one we have we watched a little bit of that one right I watched a yeah, good bit okay. of that yeah, go. uh, Last Period The Journey to the End of the Despair or Last Period uh, Awari Naki Rasen no Monogatari this one streamed on Crunchyroll ran for 12 episodes uh, done by Studio JC Staff uh, the source is a game uh, a mobile game and these genres are action, adventure, comedy, fantasy, and magic. This one follows Haru, who he is uh, a period. And these periods are basically people that go out and do random jobs. Uh, kind of like a, they're, they're guild members that do quests, basically. Um, but at some point, his particular branch of these periods goes under. They had basically somebody came in and stole their entire vault of money. And they became completely poor, unable to pay their rent. And they lost everything. And but the branch head themselves basically said, no, we're not we're not going to quit. We're going to kind of do things on the low low, even though we're not supposed to do things anymore. We're going to we're going to try to build up our money and rebuild the branch. And so they kind of enlist the help of Haru, uh, Choko, Lisa and Gajiru. And they send them out on random jobs to um, make a little bit of money on the side and rebuild their branch and do gotcha. Yep. <laughs> Because it is based off a mobile game. This show is literally unabashed of the idea that it is basically a parody on mobile games, essentially. Um, It is based off a mobile game and a mobile game that has a gotcha and different quests and systems like that kind of built into it. And so a lot of the humor in this show, which is a full-on pretty much comedy, every episode is a different skit they're kind of hitting on until eventually the last episode where they kind of tie everything together and finish it off kind of thing, so... But a lot of the humor kind of lays on the idea of uh, hunting down these spiral monsters, taking on these quests, um, the wise men showing up, who is this kind of adversary group, uh, having a gotcha come out and rolling for a gotcha and seeing what you get, and how Haru always gets one stars in the end, and how wise men always gets five stars. Um, and then at some point, it kind of starts playing off a... It does some, some crossover jokes, parody jokes. It does some... Um, Android versus Apple jokes in there as well. Uh, it plays a lot off on the characters they have in the world itself. And then it kind of comes to conclusion in the end. So, 
What did you like? What did you expect of? Um, what did you think of what you watched of this show? I absolutely adored the show. It, 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 I the 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 jokes were absolutely for the most part they were spot on. And not necessarily rolling on the floor. You're not. I I, I don't. It, it was just a lot of the jokes were just hitting it right off. Um, I, I got a kick out of, uh, in particular, the the crossover uh, episode that Andrew had mentioned, where they they're they're bringing in characters from a certain. Uh, uh, oh, you can spoil it. <laughs> Higarashi. Higarashi, uh, and and a very dark show. <laughs> they bring into a very light, fluffy show. <laughs> What'd you expect of that? And it, it was a it was it was just too funny to actually just do this kind of little tease in, in, in there. Um, I, like, I like the conclusion comment that they made. It was like, <laughs> we've been through a lot. We're not doing this again We're kind of thing. Again. Um, the, the, the money episode, putting up things all over the place. Why? Because I've got tons of money and I want to beat everybody else and make my stuff look better than your stuff. It, it just, I, I, I love the, 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 all the, 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 the jokes that they tossed out there, which just were a lot of fun. Um, Haru and Wiseman, best characters. Everybody else can just die. Well, Choco can hang around with. No, I love Lisa, and I love I love the wise men. Uh, I like the butts. gotcha girl. Lisa was a butt. Oh, she was cute. She's cute. She's a lot she, to be butt. After after they use all their money, they they're they're trying to leech more money off of Haru. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just they're human. They're human. <laughs> I don't know if they're actually human. Uh, no, I I love this this show. This was probably like I said. I think in. Um, I don't know if it was in our first review or whatever, but I was talking about how uh, I wanted uh, Hinamatsuri. Yeah, Hinamatsuri. Hinamatsuri was like that one show that I was like adoring and had a lot of laughs in, very out, laugh out loud kind of laughs. But it had a lot of kind of heavy moments in it. So last period ends up being the show that I was going to for just just something to brighten my day, just have fun and just laugh at it and how cute it was. Um, it was it was a fantastic show for that. It was just a lot of fun. Um, there was a lot of the episodes I did laugh out loud on, especially like the gotcha episode. And of course it was at the same time I was, I was in pain watching it because I, it's, it's very true. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's honest truth that you're like, yeah, I could totally feel what he's going through the whole aspect of like, well, if I, I'm obviously have had such a bad luck, it's gotta be the next one, right? <laughs> it doesn't really, the odds don't really work like that kind of element added to it. Uh, so it was it was a lot of fun because it wasn't just like a it wasn't just gotcha jokes it was also playing off this kind of documentary thing where they're they have a stage show and they're talking about this what happened to this guy that had everything and how did he fall to the the point where he was you know yelling at girls and stuff like that and how did he get to this point uh, it was a lot of fun just just following that along the the kimono friends spoof episode was great they even had the the kimono friends commercial break kind of thing where they they had the little uh, what Komodo did, wherever they the commercial breaks, they would have like the scene of a of a different live animal out there, mm-hmm. and the person was talking over. They, were, they was one of the characters in the show, so uh, well, obviously what they were going for there. I had a lot of fun with it. It was a lot of great whips, a lot of uh, parodies in there. Um, joke about Android versus Apple kind of thing mixed in there as well. It was a lot of fun. I I really enjoyed it, especially if you're into Gotcha, if you're into. Uh, mobile games uh, and just anime in general, like having the Hiragashi and Kimono friend jokes in there as well is is not just mobile games uh, specifically. So a lot of fun characters, a lot of fun jokes, and I I really enjoyed it. it was It was one of my easily one of my top five in the of the season. Um, 
just kind of hard to beat things like Hinamatsuri and <laughs> and uh, Watakoi and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. Uh, anything else on no. Last Period? Yeah. Even though I just told the jokes, go watch it. <laughs> last Period, The Journey to the End of the Despair. Of the Despair. It's a really weird title. But uh, a lot of fun. Next one we have is... Yatsuhiro Biori. Don't ask why I watch this show. <laughs> I just, for some reason, watch this show. Uh, Crunchyroll streamed it. ran for 12 episodes. Done by Studio Zex. Uh, the source is a manga. These genres are Slice of Life Seinen. And this one basically takes place at this restaurant called Rokuhodo. And Rokuhodo is a place that has five gentlemen working there. Or four gentlemen working there, I'm sorry. Uh, four gentlemen working there. Very good-looking men all working to keep this kind of tea shop open. And people come visit, and they have their troubles, and they find rest and peace in enjoying tea at this at this particular restaurant. And then they go about their business, and that's kind of the premise of the show. This is <laughs> is one of those shows where if I seen the title of it and I seen the the cover key art, it's like, yeah, I'm probably not going to watch this show. Um, and I even want to watch the first few episodes. I'm like, I don't know. This is just kind of a it's a very pretty boy type show. It's probably it's just for a particular type of viewer. I'm not that viewer. Um, you know, high caliber seiyus like they usually do for these pretty boy type shows. I just for some reason just I guess the the aesthetic of it in the first few episodes that we watched for our first impressions kind of left a little bit of an impression on me and I'm like, "You know what? I'm just going to watch one more episode." And then it got this episode where they went into uh, they were trying to find a tea supplier, and this particular tea supplier that he was going to go meet had a daughter who was trying to help keep the business running, but the her grandpa's like, no, I'm done because nobody cares about tea anymore. They just want bottled tea, and that's it. They don't want, you know, old-fashioned made tea with brewing and stuff like that. And it was a it was a cute little story that I I really enjoyed. I like I re- I was like, wow, this is a pretty cool little story about you know the old and the new and kind of keeping traditions going kind of thing so i'm like i'm just gonna keep going with this it's got a it's got a nice feel to it the the mood is very relaxed it's very laid back kind of like the the rokuhodo this this place that these people come to and relax at it seemed like a very inviting and uh and that's exactly what it is it's like every time a character would show up to this particular rokuhodo Sui would be there and he would invite him in and it's like it, it feels like you're kind of being invited in by this this attractive guy and you go in there and you, you enjoy your tea and your sweets and you go home kind of thing that's how every episode was kind of laid out everybody having a problem coming there finding peace and some resolve because they have peace in their mind at the moment and then kind of moving on uh, and it, it kind of kept that way and it wasn't really that it's kind of one of those things where I don't feel that this show had anything spectacular to offer. It was just a very laid-back, enjoyable show. Um, very slice-of-life-y, relaxing type of show. Every now and then having a pretty pretty uh, impactful story mix in there. Having this girl trying to figure out a way to uh, have her friend enjoy tea, but she hates tea, so she wants to figure out how to make it into ice cream. So they get with the the confectionist guy so he can he can help them figure out how to make ice cream out of it and it was a really sweet little ending uh Gurie, who is easily best bro of the show he was fantastic um having him kind of go out and find this kid and uh paralleling his life with this kid that he ran into in the, in the park and even though it's really goofy because he's literally trying to get this guy to join him in this club that literally drives duck boats out in the lake and it's a club that does that 
is really cheesy, but it's it was a really cool bro moment that was a lot of fun that I enjoyed watching through the end. So, um, like I said, it's just it's just a really laid back show with these really really cute little heartwarming moments that are kind of sprinkled throughout there. But like I said, nothing knocking out of the park. There's a lot of conversations that are like, I don't even care about what they're talking about right now. It's they have an overall plot line with uh, Suey and his brother that didn't really do anything. Um, and I know that in the end, it's probably going to be a show that I'm going to forget in like probably two weeks, but I enjoyed it when I watched it. If you're looking for a layback show, if you like your more prettier guy characters, a more inviting story about this kind of little restaurant, you might find something enjoyable here. But it's again, it's not going to be something I'm going to put a 10 out of 10 and tell people to go out and watch. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't a letdown, but at the same time, it wasn't a knockout of the park kind of show, so... Just, it just happened. I watched it. I, what, do you, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? I just watched it. But that's uh, Yatsuhiro Yatsu Iro Biori. Or Rokuhodo Yatsuhiro Yatsu Biori. So, good stuff. Uh, next one we have, the last full show. And then we have a few um, little uh, shorts that we can go through real quickly. Uh, Watakoi uh, Love, or Wataku... Love is like, uh, I, I'm getting mixed up because I have the short, which is Watakoi, I believe it is. Uh, the Japanese title is Wataku ni Koi wa Muzukashi. The short is Watakoi. And the English title is Wataku, Love is Hard for Nataku. So, there. Yeah. Uh, this one was streaming on Amazon Rent for 11 episodes, uh, done by Studio A1 Pictures. The source is a web manga. And the genres are comedy romance. And this one follows uh, Narumi. At the very beginning, she's going to work at a new office location. And she's kind of got a lot of uh, fears at her new location because apparently previously in her previous jobs, uh, people found out that she was an otaku and it got the word got out and she didn't like it. Uh, it kind of ruined her dealings with boyfriends and stuff like that because she didn't want anybody to know that she was an otaku. Uh, she comes to this new location. She's she's really feeling it. Everything looks great. And then at some point, she crosses path with this guy named Herod. Uh, Hirotaka, and Hirotaka basically turns and says, hey, you going to the next comic hit, and bing, bing, words out. That's okay, because it seems like everybody that works here seems like they're all otaku as well. Uh, Hirotaka, who is the one that kind of outed her, uh, is a childhood friend of hers, and is a huge uh, gaming nerd. Um, he's, he's into anime as well, because he has figures and whatnot. Uh, Hanako is uh, another lady that works there, and she is seems more like she's deep into um, boy love type mangas. She's very into uh, she's cosplay. cosplay. Um, she also likes other things too. Right. It's not just cosplay. Well, the 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 the, the film the that gets the very beginning the DL too, but I guess the yeah, if you wanted to label what specific thing they are known for, yeah, Narumi would be anime, uh, Hirotaka would be games, Hanako would be cosplay, and Taru would just be anime in general. I think he um, was but they're all, they're all into... They do all the things. Right. Uh, Taru talked about uh, magical girls and shonens and manga and light novels. Hanako's talked about... They, they all talk about all the things. It's just... I think the only ones that are really specific is that Hanako is really the only one that is deep into cosplay and Hirotaka is mostly games. That's, I think that's the only real stipulations that are there. Everybody else does everything. So, uh, Narumi plays games as well. So she's not, yeah, she's game constantly player, but, playing yeah. games on her phone. Um, well, she, 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 we're doing the monster hunter thing a lot together. So 
there were they they loved Monster Hunter in this game, in this anime. It's like every few scenes, it's Narumi and Hirotaka playing uh, Monster Hunter or or the Wii. Uh, but anyways, yeah, th- that's basically the gist. Um, it's basically their office life together. Uh, it's very, very skit based, but it also has a lot of through lines for every episode. There's always some kind of thing they're going through that that they either find a resolve or kind of put a pin in it for a later episode to kind of re uh, dive into. The the thing that kind of quickly happens with the story was that Narumi, being this girl who is always trying to keep a secret that she's an otaku. Uh, wants to just have a relationship with these boys that don't know that she's an otaku and have normal relationships. But at some point in the first episode, literally, um, or maybe at the beginning of the second episode as well, uh, she's kind of fed up with the idea that having to keep the secret. And then Hirotaka basically turns and says, hey, well, why don't we go out? Um, because she always mentions the idea that they'll never go out together because they're otaku friends and uh, she likes to have normal relationships and uh, she's like, well, I really like hanging out with you. And he's like, well, let's let's just kind of go out together. And so they decide to. So it kind of is one of those, again, we kind of mentioned earlier, it's not the normal, but it's like, well, this is one of those very few ones that right off the bat, they get into a relationship. And so it just follows basically Narumi and her relationship with Hirotaka uh, and their friendships and daily lives at work and at home uh, with these other two who are in a relationship, which is Hina, uh Hanako and Taro, who is the cosplay girl and the and the general anime guy. I guess he's the anime guy. I don't know. Manga. <laughs> um, I, he literally watched, looked at manga one time in the entire show. I don't know if I can call him the manga guy. Well, they they they, they all looked out, at manga. They pointed out in the in one of the last episodes I watched that he was oh, manga. I got you. Okay. Uh, manga because guy. she went she went and cheated by going and reading a manga, and that uh, spoiled it for him. And so he he was all depressed at the dinner table while they were talking about it. Gotcha. Um, I absolutely adored this show. Like I mentioned at the very beginning, I spoiled the very beginning of the podcast. This is one of the this similar to uh, Hinamatsuri was one of those shows where I, actually with Hinamatsuri I loved it all the way through, but I didn't have the same feeling I had with this one. This one literally at the very end. Well, I I want more of Hinamatsuri. Don't get me wrong, I loved Hinamatsuri. Uh, I didn't have this thought process, and it maybe just didn't cross my mind, but when Wataku ended, I literally said to myself, I hate this. I This sucks because this is like, I mean, honesty, honesty here to everybody listening, I don't have uh, people that I converse with on a daily basis in face-to-face that are otaku, that are big into anime. So this was literally kind of, it. this is a show that did that thing where you feel like you're with these otaku friends and they're all at work together and you're just kind of BSing about a game or trying to hide the fact that you're tired because you were gaming all night the night before. And I mean, these are these kind of these interactions that felt like they were, you were kind of in there with these people and enjoying it. You were a part of this kind of group of otaku just having adult daily lives. And it's, it's a refreshing thing to have characters who are literally in their mate to mid to late twenties uh, that are all, you know, working daily lives and just trying to uh, keep their relationships going with their uh, their peers and enjoying the otaku things they enjoy. Being geeks, being nerds, being dorks. Uh, those are the things that really draw me to these characters. I loved every single one of these characters. I enjoyed being with them. Outside of maybe one moment where they had the whole there's a conflict happening and they resolve it by getting drunk. I don't know. That, that was kind of the one of the few points where I can't really connect with uh, but for the rest of it, it's like every single bit of it. I absolutely loved it. I enjoyed being with these ki- uh, these these dorks, these dorky adults, um, as they kind of 
try to be normal, even though they're not normal because right. they're dorks. So. I love I love a lot of their 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 jokes. The uh, the interaction between uh, uh, Hinako and and Narumi when they're arguing over who's top and bottom in their quote unquote uh, ship of a, a couple of particular characters. Um, I loved uh, uh, Hirotako's brother. Is that that his name? Hirotako's brother. Yeah, I love the little brother. Uh-huh. The no, little brother's story was great. I just absolutely at the end of that. And he goes, I've always wanted you two to get together. And it's like, yes, awesome brother. <laughs> that was like a thing of like, I, I thought you'd always be content with being alone kind of thing. Right. Uh, it has like those little quips in there of kind of, uh, you know, coming out of your shell kind of moments. Like they had this whole comment one at one point of uh, Hirotaka realizing that Narumi was always trying to live this normal life and thus she was while he was quote unquote leveling in a video game she was experiencing she was getting experience in the real world by running into uh real people and enjoying real life situations and it's like that whole kind of thought process of like yeah technically that is true it's it's kind of heartbreaking the idea that that you would think that while you're playing this video game she's experiencing life um, but at the same time, it's like, well, then you're gonna have to put value to what you think you enjoyed and what the what they end up experiencing. What's what's worth more, kind of thing. Um, and it it begs those questions, but it it is that sense of of uh, realism that they kind of put in there with their adult lives is not just a comedy because it it keeps its grounded in reality because these are you know people with real relationships and real ex- and experiences in life. And those are the things that kind of attach you. Uh, the story that I loved the most was probably the eerie piercing. Because it was funny because at the very beginning of the show, I was like, it stood out like a sore thumb that Hirotaka had these dots on his ears. It was like, he's got piercings, but he doesn't have earrings. And at some point, they kind of point out why he has these piercings. And I was like, that really sucks. But it's like, it was it was a cool, quick little story. And they kind of touch on it again at the later parts. But it was like, I really like these characters. These characters are fantastic. I... I'm in love with every single one of them. I want to see them have their daily uh, struggles. I want to see them um, working. I want to see them having fun. I want to see their their goofy little moments at home when they're alone together. Uh, Hirotaka walking out naked because he never has anybody at the house. And Narumi's there trying to cook something while talking on the phone with Hanako. And Hanako's like, you adorable little kids. You're having time together kind of thing. <laughs> it was just... It's just it, it's funny. It, it is it is it, it's experiences I have with other people and that are uh, otaku that are just talking about their relationships and um, balancing life with their their nerdum kind of thing. So there there are friends that I attach to um, that I kind of feel sad seeing gone now. So hopefully we'll see more of it season two very soon. Hopefully, well, the, my only my only hope is that A1 Pictures, of course, did a very long series of working. And it's kind of in the same vein. Whereas I think working's a lot more heavy comedy-based. Whereas uh, Wataku balanced, you know, reality and working life and relationships a lot more than uh, working, where working was more just pure comedy most of the time. Every now and then it did it did serious stuff. But they did. They did technically what three seasons of the original working, and then another WWE working series. And so it's like maybe we'll see them keep this series going. Hopefully, this show does well enough they can just keep it going. Because, like I said, it's it's a very rare case that we have mature characters who are in their twenties, you know, with really real relationships, just being being adults and being nerds at the same time. 
Um, so yeah. It can tap into a few audiences. It's for sure. I love, I love the, uh, the jar episode. They went out, they went on a quote unquote date, uh, trying to have a normal, normal relationship date where they, uh, they brought a jar with them and said, if you make any joke or references to anything Ataku related, you had to put money in the jar. (laughs) So they're constantly kind of calling each other out at the very end. She's like begging that they put it into it. And of course they made a joke based off that, but uh, the moment they call it off, she just starts. She got a bunch of stuff about the the anime that she watched the previous night. It's like you guys are dorks. A lot of fun. I really enjoy them. I'm again sad to see him go. Sad to see him go. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, Otaku. Love is hard for Otaku. Yeah, great show. Uh, next one we have is Crossing Time. This one was a short. Uh, the Japanese title is Fumi Kiri Jikan. Uh, the was streaming on Crunchyroll ran for twelve episodes. Uh, it's a short that's three minutes long for each episode. I think with the opening title, it's like two and a half minutes really of, of show itself. Uh, done by Studio Ikachi Epic Epilka, and the source is a manga. And this one is Amas Art Comedy and Slice of Life. It basically, like the title would kind of lead you to believe, it takes place at Robo Crossings, where these people kind of make their daily commute. They go to these Robo Crossings, and sometimes the gates come down, and they have to stand there and wait for the train to go by. And these are the happenings that happen at those crosswalks. So the first episode, it kind of opens up with this girl named Ai and Tomo, and Ai makes the claim that, hey, we should yell out who we, we are in love with when the train goes by, and what happens from that, and... A boy named Tanishi who is obsessed with the eroi look of a particular female student in his class. Um, I wish they did more with that one. It kind of implied something that I thought would have been really cute. But uh, uh, a brother and sister who uh, the sister always types everything to him in text and their their conversations standing silently at the crosswalk and a certain teacher and the student council present and a goth lolita girl and then there was a a little man who had experience when he was younger with a particular girl at a crosswalk and how he runs into somebody that looks similar later on. But yeah, that's basically the gist. I think there's a total of six different particular stories and I think three of them had duplicates. No, there was seven stories because there was also the girl that gave her pantyhose to a random guy. I think guy that, that was the goth lolly. <laughs> no, she was just, she just had a guy that confronted her that knew her and then there was... There was a girl who oh, who yeah, wrote right. who wrote the things on the the boards, uh, the poems, what they right. call them. Um, mm-hmm. anyways, haikus. Uh, haikus, yeah. Um, they're, not, they're not called haikus, are they? They're called yeah, they're else. the three five three. Um, They've been doing that a lot lately. But yeah. Um, then there was a, there was another girl that she's walking by, and some guys in the bushes, and he's like, I guess he got drunk the night before. I forget what it was. He got drunk the night before, and he has no clothes, and so she offers her her. Um, all she has to offer is her hose, so she offers those. Um, but yeah, it's about you know nine or so characters, or eight or so characters. Is that nine? It was nine, and then three repeats, yeah. or not repeats, but um, it continuing. The yeah. Story. Anyways, uh, this was probably besides was it Tiramasu was the other one that we were talking about the the space guy. Uh, probably the only other short that I think was like had a lot of substance to it that would probably. Um, um, point out to people to check out. I mean, it, it's got a lot of Surya children kind of feel to it. It's very kind of quick. 
it feels like it fits the the time frame that it has. They're very quick little fun stories. Uh, got a lot of laugh at a lot of them. Um, I think there was probably only two of them that were kind of like, okay, that kind of, I, I mean, I wasn't off put by them. I, I think it was probably a lot of the Tanishi ones, even though I thought it was really cute with the way they punchline each of the episodes. Listening to Tanishi talk for 10 hours about how erotic this girl is, is kind of like, okay, it's kind of creepy after a while. Uh, do we need literally two minutes of him talking about how Eros she is and then her turning around and responding to him? Um, but yeah, for the rest, the rest of them, I, I, I liked every single one of them. They were really funny. Um, a lot of laugh out loud moments. So it's, it's, it's an easy consume of literally 30 minutes. So definitely check it out if you have some time. Yeah. I've, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, from start to finish, I, I can't think of, I guess maybe I, I, at a certain point I got annoyed by Tanashi, but for the most part, I enjoyed myself. He reminds me too much of that ball guy from My Hero Academia. I think that's the, that's that's the problem is that because I've gained tired of him, it's like, I I kind of, I guess I gave it to Tanashi. I'm sorry, Tanashi. It's just, (laughs) you, you got that added to you. Um, what was my favorite one? It's probably the the sister. sister. Yeah, the brother brother and and sister. sister. Probably easily the the best one. Uh, I did thought I I did thought it was a little bit weird at first, but I did like the goth ball. I took girl that was kind of cute, and I liked I liked the student president girl busting up. That was kind of cute as well. Really cool. Uh, But yeah, that's that's crossing time or Fimi Kiri Jikan. Definitely check it out. Like I said, it's about thirty minutes of time, and it's just a lot of fun. I mean, if, if if you run into a skit that you don't think is working, you could just skip to the next one because they're not really relying on each other in any way, shape, or form. So, uh, Next one we have is You Don't Know Gunma Yet, uh, or Omai wa Mara Gunma wo Shiranai. Um, this one is, or Gunma, I'm sorry. I'm going to say it wrong again. Gunma, it's not Gunma, it's Gunma. Calm down. <laughs> it's it's It sucks because when I, we did the first impression, it's like, yeah, I remember them saying Gunma in the the, the video, uh, the actual show itself, because they're, they're it's literally an advertisement for Gunma. A very terrible advertisement for this particular district, but Jiuin, uh, all I can think of is uh, Gundam. So I think Gun. So that's where I got it wrong. But anyways, like I said, it's basically an advertisement for this particular district. Uh, basically, this guy, uh, uh, Nori, decides to, or has to move to the Gun- Gunma prefecture, and when he arrives there, it kind of the entire show is really about him trying to fit into this particular area. But it's playing off the joke that nobody accepts any outsiders. They try to oust you really quickly, try to figure out if you're one of them kind of thing. Uh, what I laughed about in our first impression was early on, they had this whole situation where he's in class and they do the, the rise bow thing and they trick him because they always do uh stand and something bow or something like that. I mean, it says outsiders do stand attention bow or something like that. It's, it was really funny that they outed him by how they stand in attention in class whenever they, the teacher um, is leaving or whatever. So, or whenever they're leaving. Um, it was an okay show. I had some pretty good laughs at the very beginning of it, but it, it kind of drifted away really quickly towards the later part. A lot of it's just kind of centered around jokes around this particular prefecture. So, it's probably a lot of it just kind of misses me because either I don't live outside of that prefecture that, so I don't know how not normal it is or I don't live in there so I don't know how normal it is. So, uh, But I did get some laughs out of it. There was a lot of it that you kind of get because it's kind of off the wall or just kind of over-exaggerated. But 
Um, it wasn't a very good looking show. It was just kind of there. Um, I guess you did get a little bit insights into the prefecture, but you kind of have to leave Summit to uh, question because it's, of course, for comedy and they do a lot of really weird stuff. So if you want a little insight into the Gunma prefecture or you just you want to enjoy some laughs about outsiders and country bumpkins and whatnot, definitely check it out. But uh, nothing really standout-ish, so it's uh, you don't know Gunma yet. And the last one we have is Love to Light Angle, or Tachibana Khan Triangle. This one streamed on Crunchyroll for 12 episodes, done by creators in pack, sources of manga, and the genres are ecchi, shoujo eye, and comedy. And this one takes place in the Tachibana Khan, or Tachibana, Tachibana Khan dormitory, where uh, Natsuno Hanabi actually moves into. Um, she quickly realizes that a lot of the characters in there are weird characters. And uh, I guess the best way to put this short is it's not like there's anything here that's going to be hugely uh, need to be explained for story-wise. It literally is this character comes into a dormitory, everybody does loot things, and they all go home. There is They kind of build a, a quick love triangle between three characters, between uh, Hanabi and two other characters, one being a more, uh, I guess... Dondari type character. She's very kind of clueless and would walk out naked and not realize it kind of character uh, who kind of gets attached to uh, Natsuno. And there's another character who is more uh, childlike, but she has a crush on her and doesn't know how to express her feelings and gets jealous over uh, the attention that she gets. And that's kind of the gist is this kind of love triangle and them trying to capture her attention. But it, like early on, it feels like it's literally an old school harem but the male protagonist character is a female character in this one. So it's it's pure on Yuri character or Yuri type show. Um, but it has a lot of the tropes that you would find in a typical old school harem, like an old uh Hina, Love Hina. Love Hina, yeah. Love Hina type uh harem. Fallovers on each other and mis yeah. Misinterpretations of what happens, stuff like that. Uh not knowing what love is, yada yada yada. I didn't really get too much out of the show. It did. It did have, for an etchy type show, it was pretty heavy on the etchy on the earlier parts. It wasn't really uh, something that kept it kept to for the later parts. I don't, I don't remember much of it, anyways. Um, very cut and dry harem etchy type stuff. Nothing to write home about in the story wise. Nothing funny wise in the comedy. I didn't find it really that lot funny. Um, it's just really just a lot of etchy and situational comedy. I guess is the best way you can put it. Um, but like I said, none of, none of it really stood out for me. So I just really kind of watched it just because it was a short and because hoping to see some kind of etchy. The character designs are kind of cute, but um, in the end, it didn't really do much. So if you're looking for etchy, it's, it's there, though. So if you like Yuri and etchy, it's two things you don't really get too much of. So check mm-hmm. it out. Or you can just watch Happy Sugar Life and get Yuri coming. <laughs> if it's Yuri, I don't even know if that's technically Yuri. Um, anyways. That's all we have. That's uh, that's uh, part two of our spring 2018 anime season reviews. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this list of reviews. Hopefully, Chris will talk more in the next part. And For sure. I don't have to worry about my throat going dry too much <laughs> next time. But like I said, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's always there. You can always watch it later. Right. It's okay. It's Daijobu. Mm-hmm. Daijobu. 
But I hope you guys enjoyed this set of reviews. If you liked any particular show and wanted to talk about them, let us know. Um, chime in. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on talkiesware.com in the forum. It's link, links at the top. Um, all of our social media links on the right side over there as well. And we hope you all enjoyed. And you all take care. Oos. Yeah,